it's over, you know, like the, 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 the vultures are about to descend on like legacy artists, you know, um, and, 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 you know, people who don't have control of their estate, it's going to be, you know, you're going to, you're going to start seeing dead, dead artists put out new fucking albums. Hip hop hustle podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to T-shirts to hats and even slides, Go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. There we go. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle Podcast. I'm extremely excited about my next guest, the one and only Bobby J from Rockaway. Uh, it was funny when I messaged you and I was like, where are you based? And you were like, it's in my name. Uh, so that was something for, for me to learn. But uh, man, absolute pleasure to have you on the show. You've been doing a lot of work in the past you know, years and throughout your whole career, but Dream, uh, was it uh, the Dream single came out uh, that you've been working on? You've got Radio Days, the album, who was produced by Neff, uh, who came on the show. And then you had that three-track mix uh, with, like, something like that came out as well uh, in its own little release. But, man, it's absolute pleasure to have you on the show and, and get to speak to someone who's making some amazing music. Hey, man, thank you. It's It's an honor. I appreciate it. Something that I have always thought about and something that being from Australia uh, and then, you know, speaking to a lot of US artists is the pride that people seem to have in the US of like which state you're from and which city you're from. We kind of have a little elements of that. There's a little rivalry between Melbourne and Sydney, but we don't seem to have it in the same way. It's almost like patriotism for your own town. Right. Do you, can you explain what that means to you or or have you been able to identify why it's so prominent in the States? Um, I mean, definitely, you know, just being from New York, there's always been competition, you know, from the beginning amongst the five boroughs, right? So Queens, Brooklyn, the Bronx, I mean, Staten Island's always kind of been underrepresented, you know, even Manhattan to a certain degree is uh, underrepresented. Um, but, you know, you have LES, you have Harlem, you have all these places that birth a lot of these great MCs. So I think it just stems from, you know, the beginning of like, you know, hip hop starting in the South Bronx and then it migrating to these other these other boroughs and people wanting to rep their particular borough and and and, you know, kind of be like, you know, I'm better than, you know, it's it might may have started here, but, you know, my borough is the best kind of thing. Right. Um, and then as time progressed, that started to, you know, go to other regions, right? I mean, the South was underrepresented. So, you know, the South felt like they had something to prove. The West Coast felt like they had something to prove. The Midwest felt like they had something to prove because for all the infighting in New York, all the other regions were looking at New York like New York was haters because in the beginning, you know, if it wasn't from New York, it wasn't official. Um, so that's just been something that's kind of been a part of hip hop from the beginning, um, I could say for me that though I'm from Queens, I represent a part of Queens that really is kind of like the redheaded, redheaded stepchild of, of the borough uh, itself. Because when you think about Queens, so many iconic rappers have come out of Queens and I could go across the world and people know what Queensbridge is. People know what Hollis is. People know what Southside Jamaica is, people know what Flushing is, you know what I mean? And they can name all the rappers that came out of there. But as it pertains to to Rockaway, whether it's Far Rockaway or Rockaway Beach, where I'm from, you could really only name, well, like the average hip hop fan can really only name like MC Search, Father MC, Shanks Drugs, Stack Bundles, rest in peace to both of them. And that's kind of where it stops, you know what I'm saying? At least for the, the average fan. So for me, like, it's important to have Rockaway in my professional name because I want to put where I'm from on the map, you know, and I want to shine a light on a section of New York City that 
even people from New York don't really know too much about, you know, um, though we're 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 Queens, it's kind of like a technicality because we're we're a little peninsula that juts out on the southernmost tip of Queens. So we have the bay on one side, we have the ocean on another side. And though it kind of looks like your typical Queens neighborhood, you know, we're like a heavy beach culture. So like people are surfing out here. Um, you know, uh, it's it's where I'm where I'm at, like I'm Irish. So uh, or at least, you know, we're 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 of Irish ancestry. You know what I mean? So um, we have like a lot of Irish pubs and and, you know, our own St. Patrick's Day parade and stuff like that. And then on the other side, um, you know, it's kind of it's called the Rockaways for for a reason, because it's kind of all these different little enclaves and areas. But on the other side, like where Chinks and Stacks and MC Search and all those guys are from, it's like night and day. You have, you know, on one side, a pocket of wealth, a middle class section, and then you have, you know, a lot of abandonment and a lot of poverty. So it's kind of like this crazy dichotomy of, of, you know, wealth, poverty, middle class, city atmosphere. But at the same time, you could be on the boardwalk and looking at the beach and you wouldn't even know you're in New York City. So it's kind of like the land of, of opposites. And um, just being from there kind of influenced my music and my sound. And it's kind of the backdrop to everything I do. So to answer your question... For me specifically, like I put my my neighborhood in my name because I want I want to represent a part of Queens that people don't really know about, you know. Why do you think it's not as well recognized or why do you think they don't know it as well? Um, well, I would say there just hasn't been well, I, I gotta backtrack a little bit because I've I've come to find out recently that there's a lot more people from uh, at least far rock away that are represented in the music industry. But I didn't know until recently. Um, like I said, people know search, people know father MC chinks and stacks. And unfortunately chinks and stack were going to be the next superstars who, you know, their lives got tragically cut short. So you literally had two guys that were, their career trajectory was on the up and up and they, they died you know, before they ever got the chance to be the stars that they were, you know, meant to be. Um, but, you know, for people that are more in the know, Shock G has footprints out here. You know, he talks um, heavily about his family being based in Far Rockaway. Uh, Kelly Price is from Far Rockaway. Um, Vivian Scott Chu, a huge booking agent, she's from Far Rockaway. Um, Kerry Brothers, who uh, produced a lot for Alicia Keys, uh, he's from Far Rockaway. Um, on the new artist side, obviously, we have me, um, Flea Lord, Reps Far Rock, and and also uh, Lower East Side, Keen Streets, who uh, I believe is signed to Jim Jones. He's from Far Rockaway as well. And it's it's kind of been, you know, there's, there's a whole like renaissance of creatives coming out of here too. Um, so I think that's going to change. I think, I think honestly, there's a lot more people that are going to, you know, put their stamp either in hip hop or the music industry or the fashion industry. Like we have far rock shop, which is a local clothing company that's making waves. So I think the days of people not knowing are kind of coming to an end. But if I had to give a definitive answer is just, you know, where geographically we're kind of disconnected from the rest of New York city. And there just wasn't a lot of people that, that, that were either rapping, DJing, producing that came out of the neighborhood. I mean, I know where I grew up, I didn't know anybody that was even making music, period, much less rapping. You know, I was the anomaly. So I kind of had to figure all this shit out for myself. Um, I mean, that's the best answer I could give. I think it's a pretty good answer. Uh, so it's not like you had three hours to think about it and come back. So off the top, I, I'm pretty impressed. I definitely wouldn't be able to come up with an answer like that. But you mentioned a couple of guys who, you know, their lives ended and i've always been as a, as a fan of hip-hop i've always wondered um and it's part of the territory it seems that people do end up dying early in this genre more than any other genre like i've spoken to a few djs and it doesn't seem to be as prevalent i mean do you think that has a lasting effect on hip-hop i'm sure it does but what do you think that might be in terms of like you're seeing stardom you're seeing people that really have great potential and they never get to 
to see that all the way through? Um, I, I, the thing, the thing that I don't like about it, especially from the obvious, like tragic nature of, you know, somebody dying early, um, you know, hip hop is guilty of this. I think more than almost any genre, it's like people don't appreciate the artist when they're here. And then that artist passes away or gets killed or dies tragically. And then all of a sudden, everyone's the biggest fan ever. And that person immediately becomes a legend. And, you know, in, in, in a lot of cases, that's rightfully so. You know, I think, you know, somebody like Dilla, you know, obviously deserves that, 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 that stamp. Um, you know, and there's, there's numerous examples, MF Doom, you know what I mean? I just, I just don't like the Johnny come lately hip hop fans that, you know, wait for somebody to die and then they go back and they, and they check out their music or their discography. And then they want to act like, you know, I was the biggest fan ever. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I, I like it better when, when people are, are shown their respect and, and, and are appreciated when they're still here to see it. You know what I mean? Um, but I guess, you know, at the, at the same time, you know, unfortunate as it is, somebody passing away and then their music kind of having this this boost, especially today where it's the streaming era, you know, somebody passes away and, and people go immediately to their Spotify or Apple music profile and stream their music. Um, you know, I think for artists like an artist like Stack or an artist like Chinks that like never properly got to put out you know a debut album um i think it's dope because it helps it, it helps keep their name alive you know what i'm saying like like i remember growing up and, and and listening to stack and um you know because i was such a big fan of like the smack dvd era and like cocaine city and like the come up and all that shit and he used to he was all over that and i just remember being like proud that there was somebody that was from Rockaway that was making a name for, for, for themselves. Um, so I, I do like the fact that the legend lives on. It's just unfortunate the circumstances that it happens under, you know, I wish, I wish more hip hop fans would appreciate the artist while they're still alive. You know what I mean? Um, instead of just jumping on a bandwagon, you know? Well, it's like, you know, Vincent Van Gogh wasn't appreciated until he passed away. He was right. poor his whole life. And then hundreds of years later, now he's renowned for being a fantastic artist. But it's sad that the he had to go through that or that the artist had to go through believing or creating an art that was never appreciated in his era. Like, I think there is something about that of, like, never being able to smell the flowers that you, that you planted. And, you know, I think, I think it's tough because you know, in the stream era as well, there are so many artists out there that you almost get bombarded with too much. And then someone passes away, it makes the news, and then you've got direction for a short period of time and you directionally listen. In a fucked up way, it's like the ultimate marketing, like, boost. You know what I mean? And it's it's, it's sad to say, but it's it's true. You know what I mean? It's just like... And, and, and even even more gross is that labels are like cha-ching when somebody dies and they're, they're like, Oh man, now, now we know people are going to stream the back catalog. Now we know people are going to buy the albums. Now we can release a, a, a posthumous album. And, and like, see that's, and especially now with AI, man, like pfft, it's over, you know, like the, 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 the vultures are about to descend on like legacy artists, you know, um, and, 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 you know, people who don't have control of their estate, it's going to be, you know, you're going to, you're going to start seeing dead, dead artists put out new fucking albums, you know, which is, you know, I, I don't know how I, I feel about it. I haven't, we haven't really seen what's going to happen yet, but, um, it just, it's, it's, it's sad for sure. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the idea of posthumous albums unless it was done. Like unless it was complete, but yeah. Like, like if, if it's something like if it's something like the way Tribe did it, where you know Fife actually completed the album, 
and and was alive to do it that's cool but like you know i remember when i was growing up there'd be like these frankenstein albums like um even though i love it like big l the big picture it's funny i was going to mention that album you know they took all these these random verses and cut and pasted them you know biggie born again and then they did it again they did it a couple times with biggie um you know tupac you know it's just like it just doesn't sit right with me like I know for me, if I don't put something out, it's for a reason. And, uh, you know, it doesn't sit right with me that somebody would, you know, take an artist's vocals and do something, you know, without their express approval. You know what I mean? Especially like knowing how much of a control freak I am and how much of a perfectionist I could be. Um, you know, I wouldn't want that done to me, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm not, I've never really been a fan. Yeah, I had a real problem with the Big L one. We were we actually reviewed this, uh, reviewed it on the show, and I think you're 100 percent right. It was very much a Frankenstein job, where they right. took verses from random years in his career. Like it wasn't one piece of time where he was he. They just picked random verses from random places, got feature artists who obviously listened to the verse that he had that was incomplete, and then there were tracks where they just beat him on his own posthumous album it was so weird the tonality made no sense they had weird hooks that he never would have wanted like he had visions for his own label that they didn't really adhere to so yeah i am not a fan and if ai music comes out because it goes back to what we were saying before you know it's like big l is probably at least for my generation like one of the prime examples of the posthumous boost right like how many people really knew about big l from the ditc you know, um, put them on days, you know, kids that were my age when, you know, I was like 12 or 13 when he died, you know, I knew the big picture and then I went back. So there's songs on that album that, you know, I still love to this day, like, especially like the intro that Preem did the joint with Fat Joe. And, you know, there's some, there's some songs on that album and it's kind of like, I'm almost contradicting myself because that's kind of the album that put me onto him. But, you know, as I got older and under started to understand what happened to create that album. It's like, ah, you know, it wasn't an actual real studio album. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, the enemy, I think that song is called and yeah, the enemy. Yeah. But you can hear the difference. Like fat Joe feels like 1998 fat Joe in that. Right. And then you've got fat Joe in another song. That's like 2001 fat Joe. And it makes no sense. Like there's no holistic vision. Yeah, man, it was, you know, I think, again, with that album, I think it was a strike while the iron's hot, you know, Big L was in people's public consciousness because he had just passed. And I I think it was Raucous put that album out. You know, they wanted to put something out, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm probably sure that that might be one of their most successful releases, you know, so you know that's that's it's 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 a controversial subject that's for sure and so you obviously have a long history of being a hip hop fan i don't think anyone gets into hip hop without being a fan of hip hop first but you know seeing all these things being in essentially what i would call the mecca of hip hop you know i grew grew up in melbourne so it's like i'm looking from the outside in but being in a place where you know the hip hop originates being able to feel it on the street. How do you think that influenced your own creativity? I mean, it's funny. Cause like I said, man, I, I was kind of an anomaly. Like I, where, where I was at, you know, people were fans of hip hop. Um, you know, and I really got into hip hop through my older brother, Eric, who's five years older than me. Um, but it, you know, it's not like I grew up in, you know, Hollis or some, you know, or just, or, you know, other parts of Queens where like I'm walking down the street and people are bumping out. I can't go to the gas station without hearing this song, that song, whatever. Hip hop was definitely something that was not all around me, you know, in terms of me going outside and seeing people rapping or, or knowing people that DJed or knowing people that produced, you know, my friends were into hip hop. My brother was into hip hop, but I just got, I, I just got, more obsessed with it than anybody else that I knew. Um, And, you know, I would go into my brother's room and 
he kind of had like 90s hip hop 101 in his room. And I'd steal all his albums and listen to him from front to back, top to bottom, learn all the lyrics. And right around this time, you know, the internet was just coming into people's homes. So I had Napster and like LimeWire. So, dude, like I heard albums like Capital Punishment and, um, you know, it was written and, and, reasonable doubt and the slim shady lp and those those albums blew my mind and they they kind of opened me up to the technique of how people how rappers put their words together so like once like once i heard capital punishment man it was like all right i want to hear everything that's like this and that's when i started to go down like the rabbit holes on online and kind of that was my gateway to the underground you know from there i got into cannabis like cannabis was one of my biggest influences ever um chino excel um razkaz like and and even guys like that are that that are even that aren't even underground anymore like 7l and esoteric um you know cage copyright and the megahertz um you know just a lot of a lot of like the the, the northeast underground scene um and and it was just like an obsession man i i got obsessed with like that multi-syllable complex rhyme pattern style and really was like i wanted to see if i could do it it was kind of like a challenge to myself and started writing and you know you start out you sound like everybody that you, you're listening to and eventually i started to get good started to kind of develop my own style my own voice um you know got a little a little pro tool set up and, you know, I've been recording ever since, but, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't surrounded by hip hop in the sense that I knew a guy making beats. I knew a guy DJing, my friend rapped and wanted to be in a group. You know, I had, I had to learn all this stuff myself. So I had to learn how to rhyme. I had to learn how to record myself, how to engineer myself. Um, you know, it wasn't really till I got to high school that I started to meet like-minded people that were, you know, rapping and, you know, working in studios and shit like that. So, you know, I would say like my my actual career or or getting started down my career path, um, that didn't really come into play until high school. That's when I really started to, you know, make moves towards, you know, really doing it for real. Um, but yeah, man, I was isolated out here. It was it was probably similar to your experience, you know, um, where I went to high school was in an area called Fresh Meadows uh, in Queens, and that was like even though it was 45 minutes from my house it was like night and day you know what i mean it was two completely different vibes two different places you know um so that's where you know i met other kids that were were rapping other kids that were working in 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 real recording studios at a time like let's say this is 2001 i'm a freshman you know um it wasn't like today where you could buy a laptop and get uh logic pro and go on youtube university and learn how to record you know you actually have to take real steps and measures to go in and and you know record a song you know um so it was it, it was it was a unique i was it was definitely unique for me and i was i was i was i was an anomaly of sorts living where i was at you know trying to rap and do music when did you know you wanted to be an artist like when when did, when was it like a fully fledged idea of like okay now I know for real, this is something that I want to pursue. Um, I mean, I've always been into creative, creative things. Like I've always liked, even from like when I was a little kid, I always liked to draw, you know, um, my dad used to have like his VHS camera. Like I would go around and like shoot movies with my friends and like, you know, anything that was creative, you know what I mean? Like I was, I was into it. Um, I think, things just clicked when I, when I started rapping, you know what I mean? Like once, once I realized I was pretty good at it and going to high school and like battling people in the lunchroom, I, probably like the first time I battled somebody and got like a ooh reaction from the crowd like that. I think that honestly, like thinking back on it was probably like a, a validating moment for me. You know what I mean? Like, cause, cause prior to that, I had only rapped for my friends and, you know, was making songs in my basement. And in, in my own mind, I was good, but I, I had never like tested myself in front of like an unbiased audience. So I think, 
you know, saying rhymes like in front of like a crowd of people and getting a reaction, that was like all the motivation I needed. You know what I mean? Um, and then going on to work with uh, Kwame, who was the first producer I ever worked with, um, and him being an established producer at that time and even being willing to work with me, you know, him, you know, having placements with major artists and, you know, kind of letting me know at a young age that I was doing the right thing. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of validating moments like very early on that if they had gone in the other direction, like if I had gotten booed or like I rapped for a particular producer and they were like, nah, you suck. Um, I probably would have would have given up. So there's there's a lot of things that just happened that were kind of like magical moments that kept me kept me motivated and kept me going, you know, which is something I've kept with me my my whole life. And I always try to be when I hear like young artists or people ask me for like my opinion on shit, I always try to be positive and steer people in the right direction because I know how much of an impact uh you know that could have on somebody especially a young kid you know yeah i think sometimes the universe throws things at you that you need sometimes you like whether it's negative or positive sometimes you need the negativity to help you become better and sometimes you need the positivity just to spark the fire within you to be like i can do this but it's interesting because i don't hear as much in hip hop, but the importance of other people to help you on your career is critical in your journey. Like anyone giving you a shot, whether it's at a spot, whether it's playing your, your tracks, like a DJ, whether it's supporting you as a producer, whatever it is, having people validate that you're on the right path is critical to your success. A hundred percent. It's like the, um, it's like it takes a takes a village to raise a child type of thing, man. It's just like there's so many. By the time you see a, a a successful anybody, artist, actor, creative, whatever, there's so many bits and pieces and so many people that played a critical role in their success. You know, nothing nothing happens overnight. And I know that's that's true for me. I mean, there's so many. This is a a game of of you know, investing in yourself, um, both financially and, and, and your time, um, you know, favors and, um, and relationships, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it's like those three things are the most important thing. And like, for a long time, I didn't, I didn't understand the, um, relationship and, and networking side of it. You know what I mean? Like there was, there was a long time where like I was afraid to go out and like get in people's faces and, and make connections and like so much of whatever, you know, I, I wouldn't call myself a successful artist, but I'm certainly more successful now than I ever was at any other point in my career. You know, um, I, I'm just now realizing like how important it was for me to like make real, real life connections that weren't based on, Oh, this person can do something for me, but actually having a real friendship, you know, real, real actual, you know, um, connections and relationships with people in the music industry that, you know, are kind of doing the same thing as me, or they might be on the level above me or something like that. Um, all of every, every, everything that I've done up until this point is because somebody in some way, shape or form has helped me do it. You know what I mean? So that doesn't go unnoticed and you know i try to pay it forward as much as i can you know well the interesting thing about networking is that you know that strategy of like the importance of relationships and something that i learned in my life was you should offer value instead of asking for value of right like hey how can i help you rather than how can you help me because ultimately if you give enough value out to people they will then help you in return and so I think there is this weird conception of like, I just have to ask for stuff. Whereas if you give enough, it's this weird karmic value system where it's like, if you give enough out, you help enough people, that energy will come back and people will remember that you've helped them. And then hopefully the tide will rise together. Um, yeah. Especially if their careers continue to blossom and continue to get better. 
Yeah, man. So there's a lot of favor for a favor. Um, and also I think it's kind of just like rules of attraction as well. Like I, there's, there's a, there's a, a, a I was watching like a, a Chris Rock interview where he really kind of summarized how, you know, things work in the entertainment business. He's like, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're driving on a road and your car breaks down and you sit and you wait for somebody to pull over and help you, it's never going to happen. But if you get out and you open the, you know, you open the, the, the front door and start pushing your car along the road, somebody's going to come and help you push that car. So like the moral of the story is, you know, people want to help people that are helping themselves. So I think, you know, that, that really resonated with me because, you know, I just look at my own life and my own, you know, my own journey as an artist. The minute I stop asking people for shit and the minute I stopped caring what people thought and I just started putting myself out there and started really like putting in the work, that's when the stars started to align a little bit. You know what I mean? And it's it's the work that I put in and the relationships that I make along the way that keep getting me closer and closer to the the goal, so to speak. And I don't even know what that goal is. I just know that I'm moving in the right direction. You know what I mean? It's like, I could say with confidence that a year from now, I'll be in a better position than I am today. And I'm in a better position today than I was a year ago. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's, it's slow and steady wins the race, you know? And as long as you, as long as you keep your head down and put in the work and stay consistent, you don't give up. And, you know, I say this, more often than not and it sounds like such vapid advice because you hear it so often but you know don't give up <laughs> if you quit then it's over and it sounds so simple but it's 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 true you know if you don't if you don't give up um you know there, there's no way that that things aren't going to happen for you it's just it's just it's 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 just really a, a test of your your mental fortitude that's the hardest part about being in anything entertainment it's it's not listening to the 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 doubt the voice of doubt in the back of your head or listening to the negativity or the people that are going to try to deter you from what you want to do you know that's that's the real challenge you know making the making the music and all that shit that shit is easy you know it's 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 sometimes you know not listening to you know your inner voices or being your own worst enemy you know you know i cannot agree more with you like I've said this multiple times as well. Like the only reason I'm still here, the only reason I'm getting people like yourself is because I just didn't quit. That's literally the only reason I had people say when I started, like, who are you going to get? Like, who's going to talk to you? Like, who's going to be willing to take their time and talk to you? And so now over three years later, I can feel the difference between when I started, you would hope that I would be able to feel the difference, but that belief of just like, even if at times I'm faking it where I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I believe in the vision enough to just like keep plugging away. That is the important part to just like see it through. And I right. think that that is a huge reason why people don't succeed at whatever it is. They don't just don't give it long enough. Like I always use the phrase, like it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. So 10 years, put in your thousand hours, your, your 10,000 hours to become Times the more, master man. of your, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you just got to not quit, man. Like that's, that's really it. Like it, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Seriously. You know, there's a, there's, there's a lot of examples of people that just kept at it that, you know, hard work, I think hard. And again, hard work in a lot of ways supersedes talent. You know, there's a lot of people that just put in the fucking work and 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 they've been able, you know, they've been successful strictly based on their work, work ethic. I know a lot of people that are way more talented than me, but they just don't they don't have the they don't have the drive to do it, you know. So there's it's 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 it's, it's a strange it's it's a strange kind of thing. But, you know, if you just don't if you don't if you don't give up, I, I, I see no no reason why you know, you wouldn't be success successful or what, why I wouldn't be successful, you know? I have thought about those people who are like, you know, extremely talented. They have 
the gifts that we would essentially want to have, but then they don't for whatever reason pursue it. Or maybe that's the curse is that it comes so easy that you don't believe in the hard work that you're so used to just it could be entitlement. Just, you know, I, because the talent, like it's, it's funny. I was reading, um, I just bought Dante Ross's book. Um, it's called son of the city. Uh, you know, Dante Ross, obviously legendary, you know, music industry, hip hop, A and R. And, you know, he talks at length about working with grand Puba and how grand Puba, you know, <clears throat> should have been, you know, one of the greats of all time. But, you know, he just talks about how entitled he was and he'd show up late to studio sessions and he wouldn't write hooks. And he just had, he just was not willing to put in the work to become as great as he should have been. And, you know, like after he left Brand Newbie and his, you know, his, his solo albums didn't really hit like people thought they were going to be. But, you know, at one point he was like the hottest guy in the game. So, yeah, man. Like I think, I think in some in some cases, being just a natural talent and things coming to you easy can um, create a, a sense of entitlement that can work to your detriment. I think you know any any successful you know uh, artist or entertainer, it's uh, it's usually the marriage of talent and hard work. But sometimes you know sometimes it might be seventy five percent hard work, twenty five percent talent. You know. Um, it's, it's again, like I said, hard work supersedes talent all day. I agree. I mean, you see it in every arena in sports, how many, you know, athletes with potential never reach even close to what they're projected to be able to do because they don't put in the hustle, they get distracted, whatever it might be. I mean, we're seeing it with Zion right now in terms of like what ha- what's happening with his career and all that drama. Like it is just absolutely crazy. But I think the social media aspect of it has a huge impact on young and up and coming artists where for whatever reason you see so many people who seem to have like a million followers, a hundred thousand followers, 200,000, they're verified or whatever. And then you compare yourself and you're like, what's the point? And I think that, hurts a lot of people they see this fake clout or this like you know manufactured life that other people are living and then they compare it to their own and they're like i can't even compete with that we're not even close yeah i mean i try not to pay attention to that stuff i mean especially now a lot of it's fake a lot of it's inflated a lot of just because someone has a large following doesn't mean that they have a lot of fans. You know, people follow people on social media because they hate their guts. You know, uh, you know, people might follow you because they want to see you fail. You know, you you see stories time and time again where people have massive uh, social media presence, but they can't sell a record to save their life. You know, there's no pe- people like or people might like the person, but they don't like the music. You know, there's a lot of artists that become famous because they engage in you know shenanigans outside of music that people come to know them for and they could care less about the music that they put out you know they want to see the dumb prank videos or whatever the fuck they're 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 famous for so yeah man and and i think social media also lends to that that entitlement especially with young kids because you just don't you know, you could, you could, someone could make a song in their bedroom. You know, they just started rapping. It could suck, but for whatever reason, there's something about it that connects to like the, the, the zeitgeist at the moment and it goes viral. And all of a sudden, you know, they, 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 on Monday, they were nobody. They put something out on TikTok or whatever. It explodes. And all of a sudden they're a huge celebrity or, or just, you know, they have they have they have an insane amount of fame in such a short amount of time. And it's like there's no working for it. And I think a lot of kids are just chasing after a viral moment and will do anything for attention and will do anything for clout. And that's what's driving the creation of the music nowadays. It's all chasing an algorithm versus actually trying to make something good, you know, actually trying to make a good song or a good album. 
You know, I mean, the album is kind of like an antiquated thing almost at this point, you know? So it's, it's, that's why, you know, that's why music or, you know, I should say hip hop in general is just starting to take a nosedive, man, because people don't, it's not motivated by, I want to make something great. It's motivated by, if I do this, I could go viral on TikTok and Instagram and I'll get, you know, I'll get, uh, you know, all this fame and money and blah, blah, blah. And I think um, the minute that shit is taken out of the equation is when hip hop will start to, you know, destroy and rebuild. You know, like they, they had that headline the other day that there's no there's no song in 2023, no hip hop song that's been number one in 2023. And I'm like, that's good. That's good news, in my opinion. You know, take take the money and the clout and the chasing fame aspect out of it. And maybe the people that stick around will be the ones that actually care about making good art, you know. And then, you know, hip hop will will regain some of its some of its uh, integrity. You know what I mean? Because what's going on now is just. It's not it's not sustainable long term, that's for sure. Well, I think the virality is uh, a real a real problem in art in general one of my friends he makes youtube videos we we had a chat the other day and he was saying that the views in the short clips are high but the the click-through rates are really low in the sense of you don't gain fans because of the way it's designed so now you have all these people who are like you know wanting that attention but what you get is views you don't actually get more fans because youtube shorts yeah which which makes no sense to me because YouTube YouTube is a is a is a long is a, a long play format platform. You know what I'm saying? Like now they're trying to go they're trying to do the micro content thing when people watch YouTube videos because they want to watch long form content, you know, it's and and now YouTube will promote the shorts over that, you know. And then you've got TikTok doing the opposite, which is promoting longer form content because they're competing with YouTube. They're all turning into one another, uh, which yeah, is man. the, which is the craziest thing. And then, and and then the other thing that, that is bad for, for us is like, you know, you create a project that takes a long time. You have a vision of like, here, I have eight to 10, 15 tracks, whatever it might be. And I have a vision and I have a creative journey that I want to take you on. And with the virality mindset and with the short attention span, no one's listening to a project all the way through. No, no one is taking the time to hear the journey that you're like, you're making essentially a movie, but with sound. Right, man. And it's like, you know, I take, I'm, I try not to be, you know, stuck in the stone age. And I, you know, I, I look at the trends and I, I try to take everything that's new into consideration. You know what I'm saying? But, I can't let it dictate my creative output too much because, you know, people are making 30 second to minute songs specifically because they want it to be streamed, streamed more. You know what I'm saying? People are putting out single after single after single after single and not albums because streaming, uh, you know, favors, you know, constant single releases over albums. You know what I mean? But for me, man, like I grew up, idolizing people that made bodies of work you know i want to make bodies of work um so you know i kind of take like a hybrid approach sometimes you know like when we put out like you mentioned before we put out the 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 the, um something like pack um that was actually the third single in a string of singles that we dropped you know what i'm saying so i wanted to do the kind of waterfall method with the singles leading up to the album to kind of do the new methodology of releasing music, but then have it all culminate with the release of the album, you know? So all those singles were on the album, you know, every single that we dropped contained the previous single that came out before. So, you know, I play the game a little bit, but at the end of the day, you know, I don't let that stuff force my hand in any particular direction. You know, I keep it, in the back of my mind and I'm cognizant of it, but you know, um, I'm not, it's not the most important thing when I'm making a song. That's for sure. Well, I think your legacy disappears if you don't have an album. Right. Like 
people keep searching for the viral moment or for like lot the lots of streams or whatever it might be, but like your legacy in music disappears with singles. If you right. look at everyone that holds true over time, it's an album. It's a project. It's like, hey, I took a long time to put this together. I put in thought and effort and the transitions in between songs, the skits, the beats in terms of tonality, the whole thing. Like the thing that people sometimes forget about an album is that it's just 12 songs together, but it's not. It's a journey and a good album takes you on a journey and that's why they stand out in time. I mean, look at anyone in hip hop who has longstanding recognition. It's because of an album. It's not yeah, because man. of a single. It's not one track. And it's... even 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 the new artists that that rings true, man. It's like, you know, Tyler the Creator. You know, I'm not. I, I'm, I have nothing against him. I just I, I I'm not. Um, I, I wouldn't call myself like a fan, but I respect it. You know, and I know that people super loved his last album, and from what I've heard, it was great. You know what I mean? And that's like he's the he's the one of the new guys because he makes great bodies of work. Kendrick makes great bodies of work. Cole makes great bodies of work. You know, um, I mean, even Drake, the, the guys with albums. the viral singles, I don't even know their names and you won't know their names. Fuck it. Not five years from now, a year from now, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? So I still think at the end of the day, the, the putting out a quality product, you may not be the guy that, that gets, you know, a hundred million views on, you know, the, 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 the social media platform of your choice, but um, there's more longevity in that for sure. Yeah. I mean, Drake releases albums, like he releases yeah. singles too, but he, he releases albums. Right. That's, I mean, you look at anyone really big over a long period of time, they release albums. You just have to release albums. You just cannot cut yourself short like that. Yeah, it's it's and it's a skill in and of itself, man, because, you know, there's you know, you want it to have an arc to it. You want the songs to be in this in a similar space. Um, you know, you want it to be cohesive and and, you know, it's just and then sequencing it. You know what I'm saying? Like all of that stuff at one point in time was was a was an art. You know what I mean? You you you. You you work with a producer, you make a bunch of records, you pick the best ones, the ones that are, are making a statement, you sequence them in, in, in the proper manner, and you you know, you're actually trying to say something with the album. You know what I mean? With singles, you know, it's 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 hard. I think I think people get attached to singles in the moment, but they don't get attached to the artist making the single. I think when you make albums, people get attached to the artist and 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 you know, can identify with that artist. And that's what creates a fan. That's what creates somebody that's going to come see you perform live or spend money on merchandise or whatever. You know what I mean? You create fans when you put out bodies of work. Well, I mean, I look at projects, I mean, singles like Panda by Designer that came out right. and it was so hot and I am such a fan of the the single. But then no project came and then the heat dies off and that's all you're yeah. ever remembered for. And like, he might still have shows. I really don't know. I think he still does. I think he might do decently well, but there was his hottest moment was for a single. Yeah. Not for a, a big album. And it's like, you know, you could tell it kind of happened out of nowhere. And then if the album did come, the album came way too late. You know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of situations where that, that happens, you know, someone puts out a monster single and it rules the summer, you know what I mean? And then when the album comes, you know, the, 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 the buzz has kind of died and, you know, you know, people used to create an album and, and, you know, have round tables on, and, you know, talk to A&Rs about what the lead up single should be. And you put the single out and the single catches fire. And then the album's waiting in the wing, you know, people, people have a single blow up and then they're, getting a deal and then they're rushing to make the album and and often more often than not they don't even have the skill set to create an album yet they got it's like for whatever reason you, you get lucky enough like the, it just hits and it blows up 
but then you don't have the time in the industry. You don't just don't have the body of work. And then people like, Hey, we want 10 more of these. And you're like, I don't even know how this one blew up the way it did. Like, I'm just lucky that I had one blow up, let alone have all of them blow up. So it's like, you're just seeing these artists without the body of work and without the long-term skill set be reduced to like, we can't, there's no way they could sustain that. They just don't have that in their catalog. Right. And, and also they're unprepared to get on a stage and perform it. You know, that's a whole other thing too. Like there, there's no artist development period at all. That's just something that is completely left up to, you know, the crabs in the barrel trying to get on you. You got to figure it out for yourself. And then the label comes in and signs you, you know what I mean? There used to be an incubation period where people will get a deal and maybe it does happen, you know, in certain regards today, but you know, that kind of used to be the standard thing, you know, someone will get a, a deal. Um, you know, they'd work with producers to develop their sound. Someone would develop their look, you know, there was a whole mapping out of what this person or, you know, was going to be. And that doesn't happen anymore. Well, I think because it can be replaced quickly. Yeah. Like, why would you invest two years into somebody or three years into somebody when you know, hey, I listened to the song, we could probably get X amount of time out of it, we could probably get X amount of money out of it, and then let's just cut and go to the next kind of person who's going to be viral or has the potential to go viral and get the attention and then next, and it's just a revolving door at yeah, the moment. It's just data and research, man. It's just people are seeing what is trending, you know, on the internet and they're signing it and then it's on to the next. When when people start signing based on somebody being great and talented again, that's when, you know, things will change for the better. Until then, you know, these young kids or whoever, you know, is A&Ring at these labels, they all have access to the same information and they're all vying for the same people. You know, this person has a million, you know, views on YouTube and, you know, they have X amount of TikTok and Instagram followers. Let's sign them. That's that's that there's no thought being put into it at all. It's is we can make we could churn and burn and make a quick buck off of this, you know, and it's and I get it because it, it chops down the overhead and it's it's it's, you know, let the cream rise to the top and then we come in and give them the, the final push over the hill. You know, they don't they don't have to do anything. They just act as a bank and, you know, they help something get, you know, over the top and 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 then make their money on the back end and that's that's kind of it you know they're 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 not interested in i guess from a business perspective putting in the time effort and money to cultivate a new artist who may not be there yet to put them out and you know then potentially flop you know well they're not a charity like you said no they're not they're not so i get it you know it's 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 the music business. That's what it is. It's the music business. So, you know, you can't be mad at the the system for being what it is. Ultimately, it goes back to fans. Fans are the ones who rule in the sense of you stop listening to it, it would stop happening. But, I mean, speaking of talented artists and speaking of people who are doing well, you've worked with a number of talented artists in terms of, you know, Trick Trick, you've got a track with, you've got Guilty Simpson, you've got DJ Loss, you've got obviously... Neff, who was on the show as well. You've got Lil D, who I've spoken to. But, I mean, the good news is for your career, you're rubbing shoulders and you're getting a lot of credibility. Hush as well um, from from people who are talented and are doing really good things. So does that at least kind of help you know that you're on the right path, that you're getting these cosigns and people who are willing to work with you? Yeah, man. I mean, I, at the, again, at the end of the day, it, it boils down to validation. Like, that's why I do this, man. I do this because I want to work with the people I want to work with. You know, like I, I, I make music solely because I want to work with the producers that I love and the, and the rappers that I want to rap on a song with. That's really like, to put it as simple as possible, you know. I got in this to work with Premier and Pete Rock and Q-Tip. And, you know, fucking Ninth Wonder and, and you know, all the all these guys and rap alongside Method Man and Black Thought and Elzai and like, 
that's it, man. That's what it is for me. It's, it's about the sport of it. So, you know, the fact that I've been lucky enough to be on songs with people like Guilty or, you know, somebody like A Little Fame or, um, you know, uh, Kill a Priest, you know, who I was a huge fan of growing up um, or, you know, walk into a room with Neff and premieres in there and he knows who I am. And, you know, he's, you know, he's telling me my music's dope and that he wants to work or him playing one of my records or getting to do a project with like with static selector, you know, that shit is, that's what it's all about, man. Because, you know, I know those guys are very particular and, you know, they're not just going to work with anybody, you know what I mean? So that's, that's what it's about, man. It's about, you know, get, getting the respect from my peers and, and working with the people I want to work with. And of course, yeah, of, of course it's a motivating factor, you know, shit. Like that's, that's, that's all I want to do, man. It's like, who, who can I get, who can I get on a song with next? You know? Well, you don't have to tell me about who can I get a song on a song with next. I'm always like, who can I have a conversation with next? So, uh, right. I definitely, definitely get that vision, but is it weird like I'm sure part of it is when you're in the process of like, who can I get on next or who can I work with next? You don't actively reflect on who you've already worked with. Is it, is it strange, you know, we're having this conversation and you're starting to list off the names that you've worked with and people that you've idolized for a long time. Is it kind does it take you back of like, Oh shit, I've done some pretty cool things so far yeah man it's it's you know i think um and i was talking to neff about this not too long ago it's like you're in a constant state of moving forward right it's always what's next all right i did this what's next what's next what's next what's on the horizon like i gotta keep moving forward and i think sometimes we get so caught up in trying to reach the next checkpoint that we sometimes don't enjoy it in the moment and don't take a second to look back and go, damn, like I've done, I've done some pretty cool things. You know what I mean? Like, so I definitely, I definitely sometimes, you know, kind of pinch myself and say like, yo, you know, you've, 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 you know, you've really, you've really done some, some cool shit in in your career and you should be proud of yourself. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of people that tried to do the same thing that weren't able to do it. You know, even me being able to go up to like, a shade 45 and rap on the radio, you know, and, and I've done that multiple times at this point. And like a lot of these DJs up there, I can, I could say I have either a friendship or like a rapport with like, that's crazy to me. You know, the fact that like Eclipse knows who I am, you know what I'm saying? Um, the fact that static knows who I am and, and plays my records. Like every time, like statics, the, the DJ that supported me more than, anybody you know what i mean like i can honestly say like he's played my records more than anybody and and so so many connections that i've made in this game are because of me knowing him and being around him um so like i owe so much that guy and it goes back to what we were saying before you know it's just like these relationships lead to another relationship which leads to another relationship so yeah man like I, i try to i try to kind of take a step back and appreciate what I've done and be grateful for what I've accomplished. But I don't, I definitely don't do it enough, you know? Um, and it's really just drive and ambition to keep pushing forward. And because in my mind, it's like, if I, if I'm, if I'm not working on something, I'm stagnant and I'm going to, I'm going to die a million deaths. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I'm no longer going to be, I'm no longer going to be uh, uh, relevant anymore. So, you know, that, that constant desire to move forward is just so I, is just so I don't lose momentum, you know? Well, I think that is what makes artists successful is almost the refusal or the inability to look back and appreciate what you've done because otherwise you can get stuck in the past of like, I've done enough or like I should be getting more in it. And it will go back to that entitlement piece of like, you don't, you're still not entitled regardless of how much you've you've worked and done you're still not entitled and i can see that in our conversation of like there is no part of you that's like i deserve this right now it's like no i gotta keep putting in work to keep getting the things that that i want and the goals that i want so i think 
having moments in your life where you look back is important, but then also making sure that you can be appreciative, but not satisfied with like where it is now. Yeah. A hundred percent. But I don't think that, but I don't think there's going to be any problem or there's any uh, fear for you not to become relevant because as you said, you've got the right people in your corner. You've got a lot of people who are supporting you. And then obviously you've got the, the right behaviors and, and, and the hustle in terms of what you're looking for. But, man, I only have one more question for you, uh, and it's the only question that I plan on the show. Uh, it might be the toughest question that I ask, but if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of, can be any genre of music, cannot be your own music, what would it be? One album? Yeah. And the purpose is is what to just just to appreciate that album, just to appreciate a project. I'd never ask for the best album because I think everyone asks that question, but just something that you think people should appreciate or just be able to to listen to and enjoy. That's really hard, man, because i'm I'm really a I mean i'm I'm really a cross genre person, you know, like there's just certain. There's certain days where I'm like, you know, I just, I get on a kick and, you know, I'm, you know, one day, the one that's like jumping out at me for right now. And I don't know why is like Fleetwood Mac rumors. Just, you know, that album to me, just from a sonic standpoint, from a songwriting standpoint, you know, just hit after hit after hit classic after classic after classic you know obviously dreams had a huge resurgence in the last couple of years again with social media stevie nicks being like one of my favorite vocalists like that's like i think that that album like would be like a master class on songwriting melodies mixing like sonics like that would be an album like if you got a new speaker system like you put it on like to test it out um I mean, you said one, like, but it's, dude, there's so many, man. Like for me, like, you know, if it was some hip hop shit, like the album that got me really hooked on hip hop was Ready to Die. You know, to me, like Ready to Die is probably my favorite hip hop album of all time. It's something I go back and revisit more than anything else, more than Reasonable Doubt, more than Illmatic. Like that album for me was the, 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 the gateway because Again, incredible production, incredible lyricism, uh, hits kind of every beat. You know, there's storytelling, there's gangster songs, there's songs like Unbelievable for the hip hop heads. There's, you know, um, storytelling tracks. I think I might have said that already. Um, Radio records, like popish radio records. Um, You know, again, incredible, you know, uh, uh, mixing and, 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 sequencing of the album you know that album is incredible to me too you know and if you ask me on another day i'd say michael jackson off the wall you know there's there's just there's so many dude there's so many there's so many albums that you know at least for each specific genre i'm a fan of there's like go-to albums i can pinpoint and say like this kind of encapsulates everything that's great about this era or, or this genre you know what i mean so it would really have to depend on what day it is, what mood I'm in. You know, another day it could be Nirvana. Never mind. You know, there's there's just too much. There's too much good music. There's too much good music that I'm a fan of for me to say one. So, well, the good news is that this is simply a moment in time, and the answer that you give today is just a moment in your life, and it's cool to look back on. I like the idea that if you were to listen back or you to to go back and, and be able to go in that moment in my life, that's the, the album that I was feeling or the song that I was feeling versus, you know, in three years, it might be completely different. That's why I never say give me the best album of all time, but just something that you think people appreciate because I think it's a different, I think it's a different attitude to music. I think what I'm learning the older I get and the more I listen is like music goes with you through life. And there are certain albums, there are certain songs that seem to really just hit you at a certain time and then they almost capture 
that journey of like, oh, this song was at this moment or this album was at that moment. Um, so, yeah, I don't think there's ever a wrong answer for for what anyone gives. Yeah, man, it's tough. Like, I, I'm not the guy to ask, like, what's your favorite song? What's your favorite movie? <laughs> what's your favorite album? Like, it's just... You know, I'm I'm a I'm a pop culture fanatic in general, so it's like really hard for me to to ever give like a definitive answer to any one of those questions. Well, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate the time. I know you've got a little one as well, so it must be very busy at home. But um, absolute pleasure to have the one and only Bobby J from Rockaway. Um, for anyone who hasn't checked him out, highly recommend. Um, I've been following you for a little bit, man. So you've been working with some people that, that I've spoken to and that I'm a fan of. So for anyone that hasn't, please check him out. You've got your socials, you've got Instagram, YouTube. We spoke about socials, but hey, it's a good place to, to access music. And then you've got your Spotify, YouTube, you've got music videos as well. So you've got it all. And then you've got these like little documentary videos of like making of songs. So if you want to see the behind the scenes of how songs were made, highly recommend checking those out. But man, is there anything else you wanted to shout out or anything else you wanted to plug? No, just um first of all, thank you, dude. The pleasure was all mine. Um we got to do this again sometime. Uh yeah, if you want to follow me, follow me on Instagram at Bobby J from Rockaway, Twitter um at Bobby J Rockaway, youtube.com slash Bobby J. You know, if you search my name, it's very searchable. It's going to pop up. Um, you know, the album uh, with Neff is out now. It's called Radio Days. Um, I also have a, a, an album that I put out last year called 718-2313, which is a, a collaboration album with the artist out of Detroit named Hush, which has all those collaborations you just listed. Um, got an album with Static Selector called Endless Summer. Um, and I have another album called Summer Classics. That's kind of my first venture onto the scene that I put out in 2019. So, you know, I like the people that discover me now to go back and, and see the back catalog and kind of see where it all came from. So um, once again, man, thank you, dude. This was really, this was a really good conversation. I appreciate you having me on and, you know, you ask really good questions too. You know, I'm usually answering the same questions over and over and over again. You know, there was some variety in here. So thank you. Well, I'm glad. It's my biggest fear to ask you a question that you've already been asked before. So I try as much as I can to avoid anyone's like, you know, how'd you get your name or like, you know, tell me about your childhood and stuff like that. Nah, it was great, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.